We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 244. I hope everybody out there listening had a better weekend than the friggin' Yankees this weekend, who got swept by the Devil Rays. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I can't believe that we're talking about this, that this is an actual reality that the Devil Rays swept the New York Yankees at the godforsaken trap. I mean, the, the trap reared its ugly head this this weekend. The Devil Rays came out and... You know, played well, but the Yankees didn't do anything offensively. It was a, it was just a, a complete joke of a, of a weekend for, for the bats, um, for the terrible, terrible place that the trap is, and the fact that they broke out these ugly ass Devil Rays uniforms again on Saturday. It was just a, a terrible weekend. It's almost like a Twilight Zone episode where you didn't believe what was happening on the field was really happening. A lot of weird stuff happened like today with the trop, the speaker over Catwalk B getting in the way of a potential go-ahead homer by Clint Frazier. Just weird shit happened this weekend. And we haven't had anything to really complain about. Because the season has been going so well. They had been playing so well. Even though there were little things you could nitpick at, they were still winning games. This is the first time all year they were swept. First time all year they lost three in a row. So uh, I, I guess this is going to wake some Yankee fans up who had, had sort of just been taking this team for granted, maybe. Well, I mean, it's the first, it's the first series loss since the, the Texas Rangers, which was, you know, they, you sandwich them in. There's a lot of winning streaks in between them. And you just you don't see them losing that often. And when you're winning series after series after series, it becomes, you know, it becomes what you're used to at that point. And and you certainly expect to walk into Tampa and and beat them. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You can, I, I guarantee most people na- listening to the show can't name three people on that team because they're all a bunch of no name guys. They're all a bunch of young guys that are um, they're not even ragtag like ragtag is probably like the. Uh, you know, 2000, what, 14, 13 Yankees. Like, that's, a, I, I'd consider a ragtag. This one is just a bunch of, of young guys who are definitely playing above where they thought they were going to be playing. So, um, I mean, credit the, the Devil Rays for coming out there and whooping up on, on the Yankees. But you know what? It was the more the Yankees just being absent at the plate. And, and, and that's what happened. 
Well, thanks to the lovely bullpenning of the Rays, I bet a lot of Yankee fans can name a bunch of assholes out in that Rays bullpen. Yeah, now they can. Now they can, they can name a, a few of these guys. It's, it's crazy how they did this. Wilmer Font dominating the Yankees. The domination of the Yankees in 2018, Wilmer Font. Unreal. And Sergio Romo, who pitched every day in this series, like his arm was going to fall off on Sunday, and they still could not get anything going against him in the ninth. I think he pitched the ninth and tenth inning today. Just uh, very, very frustrating. We're going to get into everything that happened. Uh, the, the bad, the ugly. I was going to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't know if we can find much good, though. Um, before we do that, though, just want to quickly mention the June 29th event is indeed sold out. We said it was close to selling out. It has sold out. That is awesome. Looking forward to that very much. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun on Friday evening in the Bronx. Hopefully the Yankees uh, get back on their uh, get back on track against the Phillies and take some momentum into the Bronx for Friday. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a blast. I'm I'm pretty pumped up that we sold it out. It's uh, so I have been talking with a few people on email. Um, if you're listening, you obviously know who you are, and uh, we'll be the, the 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 website has been sold out since Friday, just because we were we were down to like single digits, and I didn't want to oversell it. I didn't really have a way to to um, get the inventory that tight when we're when we're down that close. So there are a few people um, out there that I've been communicating with in email. Uh, everybody who's purchased a ticket, you're going to get an email from me. Today's Monday. You'll, you will get it um, by tonight just to, with all the details and stuff. And we will start doing the transfer of the tickets probably on Tuesday. Um, all the T-shirts went out on Thursday. And I think some of them went out on Friday as well. But they're all out and they're all uh, one to three day shipping. So they should be there either this weekend or you should be getting them uh, uh, any day. Uh, so yeah, that's it. We're ready to go. We got the. Uh, we'll be at the. Um, the dugout. Uh, at the dugout. Thank you for for the pregame, which will be uh, again a Friday night. This is our first Friday night game, so it'll be interesting how that will be and how uh, how it will be to get into the stadium. I have a feeling it's going to be the lines will be pretty friggin' tough uh, on Friday night. So uh, if you get there, just get there early and uh, and start drinking some beers with us, and um, and then yeah, so we can get into the seats. Wear your shirts. This is going to be a crazy game. And we got lucky because we were supposed to get Sonny Gray. And the way that the Yankees have altered their, their pitching rotation this week, it looks like we're getting CeCe, right? I think we're, that's yeah, lining CeCe, up at least at this point. As of right now, CeCe lines up for that Friday game. And, and I, I was getting really too. worried that we were going to get Sonny Gray games every single Bronx pinstripes. I know. And it would have been completely your fault for, <laughs> for at the beginning of the season saying he's going to win 20 games. That was just going to be a little karma coming back our way for, for that claim all right well this just proves that i'm i'm not a jinx it's just uh it's just bad luck uh, unfortunately what's happening because cc is gonna be pitching so that's gonna be and i think chris sale is lining up too uh, i was listening to john and susan for a little bit today and uh, i think they had it lined up where cc was gonna go against sale on friday night so that that should be a fun game beautiful um, yeah so a nice little pitching matchup but um yankees have had some success against sale in the past and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. And then obviously the next one is the Sunday night ESPN game, which is July 22nd. And that is the Subway Series uh, round two against the Mets. And we're going to be doing the pregame at the Bronx Brewery. So get your, uh, we, we've sold a bunch of tickets for that one. Make sure you get in and, and get your group because for these premium games, we have, um, I think we sold out, when we sold out, it's about 315 tickets. Uh, and that's probably right around the same number we'll have for the Mets game too. So get them in because they will go. Um, and, and again, these tickets are going to be expensive uh, on the on all these secondary markets. So you're probably getting a really good deal. I know you're getting a really good deal for for what we're doing. So um, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Uh, before we get into the rest of the stuff, guys, I want to tell you about Sleep Number. Maybe you've considered getting a Sleep Number bed, but thought you couldn't afford one. But can you really afford another restless night's sleep? Before you do anything, you've got to go to Sleep Number Store to experience adjustable comfort. For a limited time only, queen mattresses start at only $599. The Sleep Number bed lets you adjust your mattress firmness or softness on each side. Whenever you like, it's perfect. Uh, it's a perfect bed for the couples. I know that my wife and I like different firmnesses of, uh, of the bed, so we, it works out very well. Uh, that you can choose your own. That's a big deal. Sleep is is uh, obviously will set you up for success in the next day. You can actually feel how it contours to your neck, shoulders, back, and hips, and for proper spinal alignment. At a Sleep Number store, you can see the science behind your Sleep Number setting with their individual fit pressure mapping technology. Nothing compares to finding your just right comfort and pressure relieving support. Come into come in now during the lowest prices of the seasons where. 
It's final closeout on a Sleep Number Queen C2 mattress with adjustable comfort on both sides. Now only $599. You will only find Sleep Number at any of the 550 Sleep Number nationwide stores. Visit sleepnumber.com slash Bronx to find the store near you. So you remember the last time we recorded, it was right after the Stanton walk-off on Wednesday night. We were all riding high after that comeback win. It was Gary Sanchez, Stanton, providing that comeback. And then the next day, they had that day game against the Mariners. That was a great pitching matchup, Seve versus Paxton. The Yankees came out hot in that game. And Duhar and Judge both hit two run homers in the first inning of that day game. And then since then, they completely lost their mojo as a team. Have done jack shit since the first inning on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, Andujar has been, uh, uh, you know, showed a little bit of something today, but the rest of the time, these guys are doing absolutely nothing. The runners in scoring position has been a joke. Um, the fact that they're going against these no-name bullpen guys against Tampa and, and they can't, you know, come through in any of these situations, it was really frustrating to watch. It really was. And, you know, maybe this is just like a correction. This is like, it's a bad correction because the Yankees have been so good that you, we just like were due a horrible weekend at one point, And this is what we got. It just so happened that it was against the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and the Trap, uh, which seems a little unlikely. But, you know, they were, uh, they were going so hot. It seems like at some point you got to cool off. I, yeah, I mean, it, it, might, it might be a little bit of a market correction, or I think it might, it's more likely to be just a fluke, a fluke of a weekend. We look back, and it was just a weekend where they all had their heads up their asses. Maybe they didn't get sleep because they didn't have sleep number beds, and they were all friggin' tired. Who knows? Maybe Jacoby Ellsbury jinxed him because he was down there in his perpetual rehab in Tampa and apparently visited the clubhouse one day, and his stink rub off, rubbed off on everyone. Yeah, but I don't like ru- that. I don't like, his, uh, I don't like his kind being involved with this team at all. He should not have the key to the Yankees club. No, they should not even let the, the, the swipe should not work for him. Absolutely <laughs> not. Especially if they're in town. But you mentioned the runners in scoring position this weekend. They were combined four for 27 with runners in scoring position, which is absolutely atrocious. That is something that that jumps out to you. We talk about batting average being overrated and maybe in a lot of cases it is, but batting average when runners are in scoring position, you got to get hits with runners in scoring position and they're not getting the hits with runners in scoring position. Yeah, I mean, even even when they're you know you're looking at um, an average, it, it's a good stat for it because if you had a sack fly and you score a run, it doesn't affect your average. So there's you can actually look at that stat for for this particular one. And when you're hitting 130 with runners in scoring position over your last 17 games, that's not good. You're not going to score a lot of runs doing that unless you're hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And which they still are, they still are. Seventy percent of their runs, nearly seventy percent of their runs in in June, I think this stat was in June has come via the home run. Yeah, but it's just, you know, th- there needs to be days where the the long ball is not going to happen and you're able to put together some uh, some rallies. And I'm not, I'm not going to say manufacture runs because that's not what this team does. They're not going station to station. They're not, you know, they're not doing those normal baseball things all the time. But but hitting, you know, can, putting a couple hits together uh, and scoring some runs in that way, you know, that's that's what we need to see. We need to start seeing more of those, uh, you know, some some gaps hit consecutive gaps hit and then a single one there's a guy on second base like little things like that i'm not going to get so so fed up with like moving a guy over from second to third i'm like yes you want to see all that absolutely when you're not scoring runs you need to do that how many leadoff doubles did they have this weekend and the guy just stood on second base for the entire time because they couldn't even get a simple ground ball or a simple fly ball i know but i'm not what i'm saying is is that that's i don't think that's the biggest problem the biggest problem is is these guys are not stringing hits together either they're not doing. There's not long rally innings. Like when's the last time we've seen a really long rally inning? They just they just don't exist that often. Yeah, the ball's leaving the park, and you know when the runners on second base, they should get the the runner over to third. There's no doubt about it. But I'm more concerned about these guys actually stringing some hits together eventually. Do you think that's going to come? And they're just in a little bit of a funk. Yeah, but the other thing is, is I don't think they essentially need that because they hit so many goddamn home runs. I think they can live off the majority of the the home run ball. I mean, there's a bunch of these guys. Majority is one thing, but 70% is a little bit too much. I agree. When you're looking at, as the season is going on, I think we're going to start seeing even more home runs hit, but I still think we're going to see, like, Andujar has been um, among the league leaders in doubles, and you're starting to see more of these guys do it. We have a a friggin' hole uh, at first base right now at the bat because Greg Bird hasn't done jack shit since he's been back. I mean, he's, he's really struggling, and, and that's been a problem. We know early in the season, we saw Tyler Austin stepping in at first base, and he had a great beginning of the season. He was hitting the ball out of the park 
often and you know he was probably playing above his his limit and now Greg Bird has come back and taken the uh, the anointed position and he just hasn't done it so we're st- we're starting to see you know a, a little bit of struggles from certain positions as well they this team in the first couple months of the season did get a lot of clutch hits from guys like Tyler Austin and Duhar Glaber Torres uh, Neil Walker for a time had a lot of big hits for them and that big hit not just from those guys I mentioned but from from a lot of the guys in the middle of the order has not been there well no and I think one of the other things that we're looking at too is that this team was so hot hot offensively for a while that it's going to be hard to duplicate that again it's going to be hard to get back to that point to be that you know, uh, productive as a team offense, it, especially when we saw how many guys they were getting contributions from that were pretty much playing out of their mind. Like, do we expect Austin Romine to be hitting at the clip that he's hitting right now for the remainder of the season? Because he's going to get an opportunity. We're going to find out. Yeah, uh, I I just don't think it's a it's a realistic situation that we're looking at. And and you, like I said Tyler Austin before uh, Neil Walker's been terrible. I mean, he just never has come back around. Um, he's had a, a small stint, like when he had those when he was starting off. Uh, starting off the wa- the rallies and, and you hit that one walk off, but he's really been MIA since then. Um, he has not built onto that and, and you know led that into a, a hotter streak. He's been he's been bad. Um, so there's going to be a lot of question marks with with uh, you know decision making for roster spots too. I'd like to address for a minute the people who, when Gary Sanchez came up uh, lame today, running down first base after he pulled a groin muscle, that were saying good. Like, can you guys shut up? Like, are you really that much of a jackass to think that Austin Romine as a full-time catcher and Gary Sanchez on the DL is actually a good thing for this team? Come on. It's certainly not a good thing. I mean, I don't know why anybody's even doing that for an injury. Look, Gary Sanchez has been struggling. There's no doubt about it. The the, the dude has been struggling offensively. His numbers are, are just not there from where they were. And and uh, you know you're looking at the production and you see the the numbers and it, for a while we could excuse the average because the 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 production was there he was driving in runs he was hitting home runs but but a lot most of that has stopped as well he's just not hitting him um, at, at a pace that he needs to to be the, the Gary Sanchez that we all expect and when you start seeing a guy that's uh, you know has some issues defensively but then is not producing on the offensive side you get a bunch of people that start turning on you. And, you know, when your backup's hitting 350 or 340 or whatever, he's been hitting. 309 now. 309. He's 309, so he's been that's, – that's gone down significantly. Well, because, uh, again, people just saw, like, the, the hot 10 games that Romine had, and it was an unbelievable 10 games where he hit over 400. But that's not who Austin Romine is, so people are going to quickly find out that Austin Romine is a backup catcher for a reason. Well, yeah, and – you know, he had those numbers at a much smaller sample size, too, at a much smaller at-bats. So when you're looking at it, I mean, his, his, if everybody was, was uh, you know, going all goo-goo on his uh, average, like, again, it went down to 309 already. Well, he's so, two yeah, for his last 15. It's going to continue. to. It's, it's, he's, not, he's not that guy. He's just not that guy. He's no, a better he, hitter he, than he was. There's no doubt about it. He's yeah. improved the offense, but he's not, he's not a, a starting caliber offensive player. He's just not. Austin Romine can fill in admirably for Sanchez if it's going to be 10 days or two weeks or whatever it's going to be for Gary Sanchez to recover. But if we're talking long-term here, it's a problem. And it was also a problem that Gary Sanchez wasn't hitting. It was a problem. I, I'm, I'm worried about this injury. You know, when we're talking about a groin injury, obviously that's a pretty key area for a catcher, getting up and down, up and down, up and down every single day, every single um, pitch. And we've already seen how he has problems getting down and blocking balls and, and you know the quickness of his glove and hitting the knees and squaring up to things. I'm afraid what this groin injury is going to do. Not to mention, I mean, your core area is where you get your power. If, if, this, thing, if this thing continues to linger, this could be, uh, this could be a serious issue. Hey, we also saw him earlier in the season have some cramping situation. Which I think came in some in some games where it was long games, extra inning games, and you could kind of excuse it. But but this is a little bit different. This is more conditioning, I guess. Or Gary Sanchez had a little bit bit too much fun this weekend. <laughs> I mean, he pulled up when you when you pull up like that, you feel something pull or pop or whatever it is. It's it's not good. And no, you know, I, you know, because he he's catching it's. Like we look at Gary Sanchez, and, and nobody's going to say he's a he's he's in a he's not he's like a, a picture of an athlete. There's no way anybody could say that. But he's in 
he's in good playing condition. I mean, he's he's been a durable he's in catcher. Baseball shape. Yeah, he's, he's been. Ba- a, he's, he's he knows shape. how to. He, he's in shape for for what he does. I don't think he's not the quickest guy to uh, to block a ball to get to his knees to do these things. He's just just not who he is. Um, I think he can improve on that. I absolutely do. But I'm not. I'm not going to go out there and say he was out of shape and that's why he pulled a groin. I think it's uh, just one of those. No, I don't think out of shape, happened. but I think. I think there's certain conditioning where I mean because we've seen this happen with a lot of players like I mean the guy um, who was I, I forget the guy who was pitching for the race today who came up lame trying to cover first sprinting over there so we see these baseball players just go from stop position to sprinting like Tanaka blowing out both hammies because he had to sprint 90 feet this shouldn't happen at, at the major league level. Like, well, I, I see. Don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because you're you're going to have injuries. I mean, injuries are going to absolutely happen, and and things like this when you have a it's a, a soft tissue injury, whether you're working it out or not, whether you're. I mean, he was he was playing. What inning? What inning did that happen in the ninth inning? Eighth inning? It was later in the game. So he had also for, been for Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. So he had been playing an entire game as well, and then you know he moved in a certain way where it obviously got disrupted, and he started limping. I'm not. You you you'd be. You'd be crazy to say injuries like that don't naturally happen when you play this game every single day. I mean, it's it's impossible for them not to happen. They're they're going to happen, especially to a guy that's not in the greatest shape in the world. But yes, he's in playing shape. He's in baseball shape. Uh, you know, conditioned to be a catcher. He gets up and down every single pitch, and and, and the groin worked just fine. You know, from from the beginning of the season up until now. So, Maybe. of anybody on the field, though, catchers should be the guys who would pull muscles the least because they're they're constantly moving. Right. It's the right fielder that has to just stand out there for for exactly. who knows how long and then go to a sprint position that's, in theory, more in danger of pulling a muscle like a groin or a hamstring. Right. So you're kind of you're supporting it. The, the whole point exactly. So he's doing this. He's doing a similar motion constantly, and then all of a sudden he you know he does something. He either he. he you know, he's trying to run too hard, or he's pushing it, or whatever he did differently that that caused a disruption. For it was fluky. It's random. It, you can't control that. I mean, everybody could be in better shape, right? You you could say that about anybody. No, There's I mean, also a lot of very people in great shape who get hurt all the time. Aaron Hicks gets hurt all the time. Is he in bad shape? No, he's in great shape. I'm in peak physical condition right now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've been doing yard work all weekend, just man stuff all weekend. I feel I've like been, I feel like I could lift a, a boulder over my head right now. I ate and drank myself into a coma this weekend on a number of occasions, so I'm not one to talk. But uh, we're going to see Higgy get the call up most likely as Sanchez is going to head to the DL, and hopefully Higgy can get a hit finally. I was going to say, does he have a hit in the majors yet? <laughs> it's it's been a long streak. I don't remember if he got one at the end or not. Higashikoa um, will get the call up. Uh, I also feel. Annoyed. I felt Clint Frazier's uh, annoy, annoyed, annoyance, however, whatever word I'm trying, frustration. Boom, there it is. Frustration. As he hit what looked like it was going to be a go-ahead home run late in today's game, and it hit off a friggin' speaker because the trop is a clown show. I don't even know how this is real life. I, I really don't. I was, I was listening to the game at that point, and... And when John and Susan were trying to tell me what happened, which was oh God. interesting, <laughs> which was because I, you know, all I heard was uh, on the on the warning track about, oh, the it's caught. I had no idea what happened. Well, that's the, actually a classic John Sterling. It is high. It is far. It is caught by the shortstop. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. When he, when he said the shortstop caught it, I was like, John, you need to really, really stay off the drugs or, or take some more drugs. But um, the fact that that, that that speaker is in play, that you can actually play the ball off of the speaker is ridiculous. I mean, look, if the speaker's in play and at some point and, and it's, you know, it doesn't happen often, but it gets hit, it, it should be a dead ball. Absolutely should be a dead ball. There's, I, don't, I don't care if it landed in front of a, in front of a fielder and hit the ground. It, it shouldn't be a hit either. It should be nothing. First of all, the speaker should not be there. But... If it is there, why, how can you possibly play it off of a speaker? It's utterly ridiculous. It's like backyard nonsense. There were actually World Series. There were playoff games and World Series games played in this stadium. It's, it's insane that this is a real thing. Baseball needs to fi- – why can't you just remove that speaker? Do you really need to blare the music for the 412 people in the stadium on a nightly basis? Can't you just move that speaker? It's hitting off catwalk B. That's in play. But if you hit it off catwalk C, then it's out of play. It's a joke. Uh, It screwed the Yankees. It was probably going to be gone. Going to put the Yankees in the lead. We would have seen Chapman. And that means we wouldn't have had to see Chasen, Tyler Clippard, Shreve. 
Yeah, it was a big, it was a big, big, big turning point in in, in what absolutely uh, shouldn't have happened. It just shouldn't have happened. Like the fact that you can you call that an out is is ridiculous. I thought I thought that they were that John and Susan might have been wrong, and they were and that they were uh, saying that if it hits the speaker, they're just calling it an out. I didn't realize that he had caught it at first, and then when I saw because uh, I watched the the game again, and the fact that you could just play it off of something a foreign object is just utterly ridiculous. It's actually a pretty good catch. I mean, it makes it just makes no sense. It's a great catch. It's great that you could follow it that long. He's like, well, I'm waiting for it. It's like playing butts up, and you you know the you know like on the certain on the garage. Like I know the bounces off the garage, and I'm I'm just waiting for it to drop in the spot. Yeah. They, they was, maybe they practice. Maybe maybe they, they probably have, do. Uh, There's a they, guy up there who drops the ball, or he's just pinging the balls off of the speaker. Yeah, from, I think cat, from catwalk B. I think some guy is just launching fungos up to the catwalks. It's crazy. It really is. That place needs to be demolished, and they need to move to Montreal. Uh, but uh, Shreve got in that game, one pitch, game over. One no pitch. one, no one was surprised. Everyone knew what was coming. I thought we had finally seen the last of Shreve after uh, last Wednesday's game, where he came in and couldn't get the left-handed batters out. His reverse splits are awful, like we said in the last show. Shreve pitched today. They didn't go to Sessa because they're trying to line up their pitching, um, give guys an extra day off, get CC to go against the Red Sox who have struggled against lefties. But it was a real problem today. You saw they were extending Chad Green. They had to extend Herman in that game. They extended Herman. I think that's the one guy definitely who wouldn't have been extended too. He had nothing. We've yeah. seen Herman struggle in the first inning and the second inning in, in past games, but he settled in and figured it out. He couldn't figure anything out today. No, he was bad, and and his stuff was just. I mean, they were getting. He was getting hit hard too. It wasn't just little dinks here and there. He would, people were they were squaring him up, uh, and, and hitting the ball real hard. So it was a it was a bad situation. But yeah, the fact that they were you know lining up the pitching and Sessa was going to pitch um, against the Phillies, it took him out of there. So there was no real long guy. I mean, and he started stretching like Warren can go extra innings. I mean. It's, Theoretically, all of these guys can go at least two innings with Boone as the manager because that's what he does. Um, but the, I mean, the bullpen was phenomenal up until Shreve threw one pitch. They had they it was uh, they they hadn't let up any runs, and I think they were no hitting them actually up until that point. Uh, the bullpen once they had come in, so they were really good. The bullpen's been very good, no complaints there except for Tyler Clippard, who should probably not be on this team anymore. Chase There's Shreve. no probably about it. Tyler Clippard and Jason Shreve, same person. <laughs> Deja vu to last June. Whoever, someone sent us a, uh, it was, it was, they mentioned us on Twitter with the uh, Chase and Shreve with the glasses. Did you see that? I retweeted it. It was pretty no, damn funny. So now every time oh, like I see the, him, the rec specs, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, oh, I retweeted God. it on Bronx pinstripes. So ch- go check that out. It's pretty funny. But I, now, mm. so now every time I see Chase and Shreve, I see Tyler Clippard, so they're the same person to me. I said it on the last episode. I'm saying it again. I don't want to see him. He should not be on the plane to Philadelphia. He, this should be the last we see of, of Jason Shreve. Why is Tommy Canley not in his spot? I, I, it baffles me. It baffles he's, me. He's, like, the, it's the lefty. It's going back to because Jason Shreve throws with his left arm. In theory, on paper, he can get left-handers out, except he's giving up a 900-plus OPS against lefties. He gave him a home run today to the lefty, right? That was a... It's right. it's a it's a it's a problem. I mean, the fact that Tommy Canley, the reason he went to he went down to Scranton, it was to get the arm back into shape, to get the miles per hour back on the arm, so he was uh, so he was back to the guy that he was. All reports have been saying that he has been, you know, clocking it up there. He's hitting 95, 96 miles an hour. So seems healthy to me. Bring him up. He's such a better option. I don't even care if he's at like ninety percent. It's a better option. We got two guys in in Scranton right now who are lighting it up. Or I don't know if Canley's lighting it up, but uh, he's lighting up the gun, and and then Brandon Drury, who is lighting it up, who deserves to be on this team. Yeah, it was Bowers who hit the homer off Shreve, who is a lefty. Yeah. Um, Greg Bird has been struggling month of June. He's eleven for sixty-seven. It's like he's got like a six thirty-four OPS since June first. We had this very odd quote from from Boone uh, on Bird struggles. We're confident he's the dude, so hopefully he'll start duding up sooner or later. What the hell are you talking about, Aaron Boone? He's an old. He's an old guy now. He's like these are dad. He's he's making dad comments. That's what's this happening. This is like this. This, this is what are happens. Like Cali bro statements. This is no, no, no. It's 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 uh. It's using the wrong like cool word, and it's using a cool like what you think is a cool word in the wrong way. So he was like, you know, we're confident that he's the the dude. He means he's the guy. So hopefully he'll be 
starting to be the, that guy again. And he said, duding, duding up, whatever the hell that means. He got caught up in some, uh, some terrible ba- bad dad jokes. And, Are uh, you confident? And nothing was funny. Are you confident that Bird is going to do it up sooner or later? No, not at all. Do you think? Do you think I'm confident in Greg Bird duding up? Because I've seen Greg Bird walk around Derek Jeter with, uh, you know, that little JV, JV backup quarterback look. Like I, I'm not shouldn't I shouldn't be in the same room as you, and that's not a dude. That's not a dude who's going to do it up. I don't know. So I, what's keeping this dude in the lineup right now? The fact that they're not going to bring up the other dude down in uh, AAA who's got migraines. That's the only thing. Because as soon as that guy starts coming up and can prove that that dude can play first base, this dude's in big trouble. What about the other dude, the switch hitting dude that isn't really duding at all right now? Are they going to release that dude? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Neil Walker. We have, a, <laughs> we have a mailbag about that, so we'll get to Neil Walker in a second. Um, the only bright spot, I guess, from the entire weekend was Stanton 5 for 5 today. We've seen him have the platinum sombreros, but he had a platinum hit, whatever, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> yeah, Five it, hits today. Good for Stanton. No, I mean, we're starting to see him get, get uh, red hot again. I feel like he, he, this could be the beginning of, um, of, of Stanton, you know, the, the dangerous Stanton that everybody has been uh, waiting to come out. So, I mean, look at his numbers now. I think, I think after that 5 for 5, he was batting uh, 260-something um, the last time I looked. So, like, you look at his numbers now with the home runs and the RBIs, you, you would be extremely happy with this. All day long. So for everybody who has been just just waiting and complaining and complaining, like I understand that he has some bad at bats, but apparently that's just what we have to deal with. But right now he's red hot and he's going to start hitting the ball out of the ballpark a lot. And he's already hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, he already is. Even when he's terrible, he's hitting the ball out a lot. Uh, so last episode, we also talked about how we want to see more of A.J. Cole, except I guess because he didn't pitch in a month, his two inning of work on Wednesday night caused him to be in on Tuesday night, excuse me, caused him to have a neck strain. And he's on the DL. Like we said, Sessa's replacing him. Sessa is going to get a start on Wednesday in Philly. But um, just another random bad piece of news. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's bad, but <laughs> this is this is definitely someone I I always thought it was uh this was like a ghost injury for some for some roster move, but the fact that Sessa came up doesn't really change much. There's not it's not really much of a, a better situation. So maybe he did strain his neck. Gardner's also back. He had been uh, sidelined for a little while. Frazier had been playing uh, decently. He played center field, which I was actually pretty surprised they put him out in center on Thursday. I'm happy they did that. Um, it, it proves to me that. You know they're they're willing to show that they're you know play this guy at different positions and 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 see if he can do it and you know I thought he was uh, I thought he played all right and didn't mess up didn't do anything terrible so this is uh this is hopefully something we can see into the future it gives more flexibility for him I mean it's important for Frazier to show that he can play all the outfield positions because that's that's one of those you know one of the reasons we know um, that Boone likes his guys he likes his guys to be flexible Cashman likes his guys to be flexible with position and. Um, you know, it's just going to help him stay up in the big leagues longer. Probably, unfortunately for Frazier, after the Philly National League series, he's probably going back down. Well, because of because they get it, they're going to have to change the spot again. It's it's going to be one of those things where he's going to go up and down. Unfortunately, because they don't need him to stay on the bench and not get playing time, they need him to stay active and to stay hot at the plate. So if he's not going to be able to play every day in the major leagues and that roster spot's not there, you might as well just put him down there just so we can play baseball. Did you, He actually had a pretty funny quote when he was called up the last time. He said, I'm the 26th man of the year. Uh, that's good. I like it. But he, he did talk about his frustration, and I, I believe Drury is probably having the same frustration. What was the Drury quote? I don't belong here. Clint Frazier also does not belong in Scranton. Yeah, they know that. These guys are, I mean, honestly, Ronald Torres doesn't belong in Scranton either. I mean, he's, he's the guy that can actually come in and, and play uh, when, when you're not playing extended periods of time. So there's, there, we have a, a roster situation right now. And unfortunately, it's, uh, it, they're carrying 13 pitchers. And that 13th pitcher just continues to keep one of these other guys down. And, and it's going to continue. There's, there's just not enough room for all these guys. Do you think that we would have seen Cole get the start if he did not get injured on Wednesday? Or do you think because Sessa um, is getting the call up, they figured let's push everybody back, line up our pitching for Boston, and um, give our guys an extra day? 
So the only thing I can think of for Cole is I don't know if he was completely stretched out. I don't know where he was in that. And, and well, he had been throwing simulated games. So was he totally? He was able to go five, six innings. I mean, if then I think if he was healthy, then he probably would have been that guy. The other, the other thing why I thought it was maybe a ghost injury, um, because if he wasn't stretched out and Cecil was, you know, there's there's your easy easy little roster move. So it's a 10-day DL spot. It's not like it's going to be a long DL stint for him unless, you know, this thing just stays around. But, yeah, I mean, he absolutely could have. Again, he started the season as, uh, I think, the number five starter in uh, in Washington. So the Yankees are going to go with uh, Loisica, Severino, and Sessa against the Phillies. Uh, they are not facing Aaron Nola because he fit, uh, pitched over the weekend, which is good news for the Yankees. Phillies were one of the teams that I think a lot of people thought were going to take a step forward this year. They signed Jake Arrieta. Um, they have a young core on that team. Um, I believe in our Bronx pinstripes predictions. I picked them to be one of the wild card teams. And surprisingly, it's them. They're in second. The Braves are in first. And then the Washington Nationals are actually behind the Phillies in third place right now. Yeah, that, that NL East is going to be a dogfight with, uh, with these two young teams and, and then the Nationals, who should be the superior team, if you look at their roster, they're just, they're not playing that way. Um, but the Braves are the big, I mean, the Braves are a freaking, they're, they're going to be good for a while. They got a, a nice young core over there. I mean, the Phillies do too. It'll be an interesting game because I think the, we're going to see a lot of uh, new faces that are, you know, budding superstars. Some people have uh, compared the 2018 Braves to the 2017 Yankees. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they have a ton of young guys out there that are just playing out of their minds. Maybe a year before, two years before, they were supposed to be good. Yeah. I mean, but they did it a little differently in the sense that a lot of them are, you know, young guys that, that were, uh, that were got, there was no, um, I, I, a lot of them were done by trades, if, well, I, if I remember They correctly. also tore, they completely tore it down. They, they were, completely tore it down, but they weren't like, uh, the Yankees did it with, with two huge trades the year before that. Um, I mean, it helped that. It didn't, it wasn't certainly all of it. There was a lot of the guys that came up. But yeah, there there's a lot of young, homegrown guys with the uh, with the Atlanta Braves right now. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna get into mailbags in a second. Before that, I just want to say, uh, go rate and review the podcast on iTunes. We have not given a T-shirt away. Uh, that's because you guys need to start bringing the heat again with the ratings and reviews. Next week, we're, let's plan on giving one away. So what you do is go to iTunes or wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Uh, give us a five star rating and review. Make it funny. Make it witty. Make it serious. Make it whatever you want it to be. You could win a T-shirt. Um, all right, let's get to mailbags. The first one is from Alex Kalaman. Uh, when is the front office going to bite the bullet and let the Neil Walker experiment come to an end? Jury is raking in Scranton and ready to play, and a roster spot on the big club is being wasted with this guy. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> you know, for a while I wanted to keep him around just because I expected him to, to hit. I, I didn't expect... Neil Walker to, to not hit at this point and, and to, to be what he looks like, you know, on, on practically all the way through June. I mean, this is not the guy that we signed up for. End it. Who cares? Brandon Drury can come up, can play pretty much all of those positions. He, all the positions, actually. So let's just uh, use the guy that's actually hitting and who's younger and has more potential. And uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with Neil Walker. There's, there's no reason for him to be on this team anymore. He's only played eight games in the month of June. He's playing very sporadically. So in 26 plate appearances, he's batting 087. Neil yeah. Walker is. And, and it's, you know, we've talked about this with some guys that, you know, obviously can handle that. You know, some, some guys can handle coming out there and playing once a week or once every week and a half and, and you know, stepping in at a pinch hit spot. And, and some guys are able to do that. And some guys just are not able to do that. And Neil Walker seems to be one of those guys who just can't do it. Uh, and, and, but that's his role. Like he's, he's definitely a, you know, super uh, utility guy that is used sporadically. He's not even a utility guy that's used often. And he's just not, he's proved that he can't hit. Well, what if Brandon jury can't do that either? What if they're, I, they're worried that Brandon jury, they aren't confident they can get him more than once a week playing time. And they don't think that he's going to hit getting four, four at bats uh, a week. Well, I think Brandon jury is a better player. So I think there, there, there could be more opportunities for him to play. Uh, and especially with Greg Bird, uh, you know, people are going to say, hey, Greg Bird's the first baseman. Like, we can't dismiss the fact that he has not hit at all. And, and there's a, there's going to be a there's going to be a, a breaking point where you know they're just not going to be able to continue going to him every single day if he's not hitting. 
And Brandon Drury's playing first base down in Scranton as well. So he's showing now, hey, I, I could play first base. And if he can come up there and, and play a, uh, a decent first base and he starts hitting, you know, watch out Greg Bird because Brandon Drury is, is a major league player. He has proved that he can hit in the major leagues. And he's been in getting better as his career has gone on. So I would, if I were Greg Bird, I would definitely be looking over my shoulder right now. I'm actually looking up right now how many games that the Rail Riders have used Drury at first base. Uh, but I think that is the biggest concern, um, wouldn't you say? Is that The they, fact that they don't trust him at first base yet? Yeah, he's only played two games. Okay, yeah. I mean, it hasn't been a lot. They, they just started doing this where they were going to get him in um, you know, at first base, uh, I think. Well, then at this point, though, why wouldn't they just say for the next week, Drury, you're playing first base? Get, throw his feet to the fire. Let him try and work out any kinks that he may have. Um, if anything, that would, like you said, just put, put uh, that dude Greg Bird on notice. Because I just I don't think they want to mess with him completely like that. I mean, he's not going if he came up here, he's not going to be just a first baseman. So he's going to have to stay sharp everywhere. I just I think if you do if you do that and you say okay, you're going to be playing first base for the rest of the week, you know, then you're you're neglecting the other spots that he does play. So I I think you do have to continue to sprinkle it in and just kind of use your eyes and judge how he how comfortable he is over there. But at some point, you're going to be able to tell if it's if it's two games, three games, five games, you'll be able to kind of get a good judgment on how he is. So I'd be interested to, um, to to hear about that, like what what his what his uh, comfort level seems to be at first base. So maybe maybe in the next week or two we'll get one of the Scranton guys on uh, and, and we could talk about that. So this is uh, unless, unless he's not up. If he's not, we're up. we're approaching when the Yankees cut ties with Chris Carter last season around this time in the se- in the year. Yeah, it's the parallels are are definitely staying there. I mean, they're not going away. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I for sure didn't think they were the same guy. And you know what? Uh, he's proving me very wrong because he's not hitting at all. Chris Carter's last game with the Yankees was July 4th, and July 4th is next week. Damn close. Maybe there's something about that. Cashman's just waiting. What's the next mailbag question? It's from Miles Miller. He says, who is the Yankees MVP to this point? I think this is a pretty easy question. Who, who are you saying? Well, no, go. You, you, uh, you, you set it up like that. I want to hear who you got. I think it's Luis Severino. Okay. Um, I'd say that Luis Severino is, is definitely, if we're looking at pitching staff, he's 100% the, the guy. He's kept them in so every single game he's in pretty much. He's, he's come in and dominated. The last time I th- he was out was probably the one time we really didn't see much. I, I would go ahead and, and put Aaron Judge in there as well because I know the offense has been clicking, but I think one of the reasons the offense has been clicking is because Judge has been good all year long. He's been the consistent bat in the, uh, in the lineup. You know, he, everybody around him has struggled at one point or another, and we really haven't seen uh, a point now where where Judge has has had a long, you know, streak where he's been struggling. So I got to put him up there because offensively, you know, he's at at the two spot. He's a, a very important part of this, especially when he has guys around him that have been struggling mightily, and he just hasn't. He's been the consistent guy all year long. Like you said, like yeah, exactly. He has had uh, a couple of times where he's looked lost. Like he had a five strikeout game himself. He had an eight strikeout day, but for the most part, he's been very consistent. I just think without Severino, this rotation and this pitching staff would be in total shambles. At least one out of five days, they get a guy who can go out there and go deep in games. Without it, who knows how fried this bullpen might be? No, I agree with you. I, I think if you held my feet to the fire, I would say Severino is the MVP right now as well. Um, I just have a hard time saying that about a pitcher, but in this particular instance, with the with the you know the amount of injuries and and just mediocre performances, <coughs> Sonny Gray, uh, and our pitching staff, then Severino just stands out that much more because he's been that consistent guy. But I think Judge on the other side, on the offensive on the offensive side, is that consistent guy as well. Because look around him, I mean, there's definitely been some struggles. So, you know, when when we're looking at their. Uh, at, at the reasons why there would be MVP, I think the consistency and the fact that you can rely and depend on these two guys is why they're both there. So uh, I'm adding this to Miles' question. Who's the LVP, least valuable player? Sonny, Sonny effing Gray. <laughs> it's not even bitch. close. I hate him. No, he's pissing me off. I'm, this is a great segue. But it yeah, he's been, he's been absolutely terrible. He's been such a disappointment. It's all about expectations, right? We. I've, I've, I've said this a number of times. If you have expectations about something and, and they're high expectations and someone doesn't perform or something doesn't you know, hold up to those expectations, you're going to be disappointed. If you have low expectations, then you know, let, disappointment doesn't happen. 
Well, I had very high expectations for Sonny Gray. I had very high expectations for Sonny Gray to come in and be the guy that we all thought he might be. And he just hasn't been that guy. Well, look at like his start over the weekend in Tampa, where the first couple innings were just such a travesty. And he had so many guys on base. The Rays were hitting him hard that he put the team in a hole and a team that wasn't hitting. I understand he got into the seventh inning, but that is that it, it's not a good performance from Sonny Gray. I guess it was better than his previous couple. But but six and, really six and a third much. or six and two thirds, uh, four, four runs. He gave up a home run at the end. I, I mean, we, if you look back at the other ones, when we're talking about Sonny Gray's starts, too, the, the last two starts could have been drastically worse. I mean, we, again, we've, we've gone over the starts and, and the fact that, you know, the first one, uh, the first, they were both against the Nationals. The first one against the Nationals at Yankee Stadium, he got lucky with uh, some base running blunders by the Nationals. He picked up, uh, off a couple guys, a couple guys get, made some dumb uh, running mistakes, and he got out of some innings that he absolutely could have been in a lot more trouble because he had those guys on base. And then, you know, in the... Um, and the one in Washington, he also started getting lucky. There was just some lucky things that were happening for him. Yeah, Holder, Holder, was and, the lucky and Holder, thing. <laughs> Holder came in and and yeah, held it down. He he locked it up. So these these starts could absolutely have been way worse. So yeah, I'm not I'm not excited for Sonny Gray going six and a third or six was it six and a third or six and it two was six thirds. and two thirds. He I guess and the, gives the up positive the one positive you can take away from it is he only walked one guy. I guess. There was just a ton of traffic on the bases early in that game that it felt like the Rays had momentum, had control of that game from from pitch one. And he went through, I know he went through a hot stretch where he was put down like 14 or 15 in a row, and he looked like Sonny Gray. But unfortunately, at that point, once, you're, once you have, you know, the damage, and, and you're looking at, what, three runs led up at that, to that point, and, and he's still going deep in the game. You're like, okay, okay, you got to hold him down here. Just keep it going, lock him down. Keep the keep the team in this game, and then what does he do? He lets up a home run in the uh, in the seventh. Can't get through the seventh, and and again, like you said, the team is struggling offensively. Like these are all important runs. These are all important starts. This was lined up to be a perfect start for him on the road against a bad team. Do it, Sonny Gray. Just go out there and freaking do it. And you can't do it. You blew it. It's a good uh, good segue to a question from KZ at Logical Thoughts on Twitter. I don't know if you've heard the new R2C2 podcast, but this dude, Sonny Gray, is a completely different guy when the cameras and reporters aren't around. He was not excruciating at all to listen to like he is in postgame. He actually sounded pretty damn chill. So I did have a chance to listen to it. Um, I do, and I think you have a good conspiracy theory here on this one. But uh, he did. He seemed normal. He seemed like him and Sabathia had a good um, relationship. Um, I, I well, know. And I think they do. I think they're friends. I, I've seen them. We've seen them joking around, you know, off camera as well. Like these guys seem like they get along. So they I think were there talking, was a rapport there. There was an interesting conversation that they had about mentalities during games because um, you know how some pitchers, if they're in game, they don't want to be bothered. They're locked in. They sit at the end of the dugout. And I'm not even talking about if it's a no hitter or anything like that. Just I'm in the heat of the game. Don't friggin' bother me. Whereas we see Sonny Gray and Sabathia having fun with teammates while they're in a heated battle on the mound. And they kind of talked about how it's nice to take your mind off things, crack jokes, not talk about what they're actually doing on the field. That actually, they say, helps them. Now, I don't know if it's helping Sonny Gray because the results haven't necessarily been there, but I thought it was still an interesting conversation they had. I could see how that would help CeCe Sabathia because he's mentally strong. He's mentally tough. He's got that, that the mentality to be able to turn things off and just go back into it when you get back into the game. But what doesn't Sonny Gray doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He doesn't seem like he can you know, let his guard down in between innings um, and, and you know, joke around with some dudes and then go back out there and be laser-focused again and, and, and be, that same, be that same guy. I, I just... I don't know. It doesn't doesn't seem like that's the guy. I haven't had a chance to listen to this yet. I'm going to listen to it this week if I can get through it. If it doesn't just piss me off beyond belief, but um, I'm trying to find it in our group on the Facebook group. I forget who was saying it, uh, but one of the guys was talking about that uh, it was getting frustrating because it sounded like it was almost teed up for Sonny Gray to to prove to the Yankee fans that he's not 
like a complete basket case than he is relatively. He's not a broken robot. Yeah, yeah. So um, there were some conspiracy theories going around that maybe this was a little setup. I mean, this is a little like they're maybe they're friends and they're like, Sonny's like, hey, can you get me on so I can like, you know, try to make my name a little bit better so people actually start rooting for me instead of just completely destroying me every time they mention my name. Maybe people will like me. I'll be pickles. I'll just be pickles. It's fine. Well, they liked him for the 24 hours that it was out before his start. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden he gets on the mound and we forget about that again. Because, you know what, at the same time, like it, it's nice to find out a lot of these guys, what they're like, their personalities. I love it. Like I think the, uh, the those guys do a great job. It's fun to see CC in that environment because I think he's uh, – you really get – you he's capture the, who CC but is. he's the dad of the clubhouse. Sabathia yeah, is, but, but is he's also going, he, he's super loose. Like he's just I mean, he's constantly swearing. He's like it's just who he is. You could tell that he's not putting on any facade. Or there's no face putting on for CC. Like that CC. I, I I would bet a lot of money on that. What we hear on that show is 100 percent CC. Like I don't think he can turn that off. So right, it's and nice I also don't that. think he's. I don't think Sabathia is fake in any sense. Where right. if he didn't like Sonny Gray, he, I don't think he would fake it for his for just the sake of faking it, having him on his podcast. Oh, and I don't think he, I don't think he doesn't, uh, I'm not saying he's faking it, but what I'm saying is, is that I think maybe some of the, you know, maybe there was some was things just, teed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think maybe CC, maybe CC gets fair. along with him and they're friends. That's fine. It, you know, it doesn't make, doesn't make him mentally strong and being able to pitch in New York. Doesn't help me out there. Well, well, Sabathia had to learn how to pitch in New York. Maybe he can lend him some pointers on how. Well, to hurry up and like lend that. the pointers. What, what are we waiting for? Are <laughs> we like, waiting? But, are we waiting for him to get completely bottomed out? But like we talked about, and, and we had a couple of mailbags come in and a couple of tweets that said, "Wow, Sonny Gray actually sounded normal. He didn't just stand there and just have a brace on his elbow and say, oh, what are you talking about? I wear this brace every but doesn't time.'" But does that see? Like again, I haven't listened to this yet, but that but just the premise of that kind of pisses me off as well. So what are you just an arrogant prick when you're talking to all the the reporters? Are I think you just an, no. Are I think you he's just a, being this weird like he's weird. He's no, weird yeah, and but, awkward. But he's talking to Cece, so he's talking to like one of his boys at that point, right, or one of his friends. So he's loose, and but but then when the reporters are in his face, he's got to be like this arrogant, like you know, robotic, short answered guy who's giving like, what are you doing? Just be that guy, be your normal person. Why do, do you have to think, be this weird thing? Do you think there's a chance Sunny Gray does not know what a podcast is and didn't realize that it was going to be heard by all these people and all these fans, and that he thought he was just talking? To Sabathia and, and and his guys, his his friends. No, because then you're saying that it's it's uh it's real, not and normal. Up. Yeah. So no. I, the, uh, again, I haven't listened to this yet. I will listen this week. We also learned about rally dips, and that the pitchers will throw in a dip late in the game if they need a big rally. Oh, I I, I the the guys that are pitching or the ones that are not pitching. No, 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 not on pitching days. Well, oh, Sabathia, okay. we know as soon as he's out of yeah, the game, yeah. throws in a huge lipper. But no, no, no. If if the guys who are not pitching. Um, and they might be down a run in the eighth inning. They'll just throw in a massive lip. I love it. I think it's, I think it's good. It gets you juiced up. I mean, it, it could definitely wake you up when you throw a nice big fat dip in your mouth, um, especially later in a game. You know, maybe you're, you're, you're a little tired at that point. That'll wake you up real quick. It's cool and all that um, Sonny Gray sounded normal. Um, I just will still continue to be no- annoyed by him unless he starts pitching better. And I think every other fan out there will, will feel the same way. There's an easy way for Sonny Gray to get to our hearts. It's very simple. It's, and it's not talking and making you sound cool or, or anything. It's pitching better. It's pitching to your capabilities. That's it. We'll all love you if you pitch well. That's it. Bottom line. All right, guys. That's it for mailbag questions. If you want I will to make sit- a pickle shirt if you pitch well. I will. Ooh. Whatever you want, I'll do anything. Just pitch well. Have you seen uh, the movie Bad Santa? Yeah, a long time ago, but yes. Okay, you're not going to get the reference then. The kid makes uh, Billy Bob, Bob Thornton's character a wooden pickle. And every time I hear someone call Sonny Gray pickles, I just think of that, that bloody pickle towards the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> hopefully somebody out there gets that reference from me. Um, my, my brother who listens to the show will get it. He loves that movie. Nice. Um, thank you guys for submitting the mailbag questions. If you want to do so, go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast, and you can tweet us questions at Yankees podcast and also join the Facebook group 
Uh, just search the Bronx Pinstripe Show on Facebook. We have a ton of in-game conversations going, as well as people post mailbag questions there, pictures, rants, whatever it may be. Speaking of rants, we're bringing back voicemail, so stay tuned for those. If you want to call the voicemail line, it's 646 646- Four eight zero zero three four two. I'm very much looking forward to these for a couple reasons. First of all, you're going to hear a lot of people happy about the Giancarlo Stanton walk off last week, and you're going to hear a lot of people pissed off about getting swept by the Devil Rays. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Oh my god. Fuck. 
get him off the team. I mean, what more do you need to see? He's terrible. Well, I'm on my way uh, up there to Yankee Stadium. Uh, I heard uh, uh, I heard they're looking for a new pitcher, new reliever, and uh, you know they obviously ain't looking for a whole lot because uh, you know Shreve's still on the team. So I think you know I might have have the spot because. Uh, Hell, they obviously, you know, don't expect a whole lot out of their guys. Today, I officially announced the campaign to DFA Jason Shreve. Uh, perks of DFA Jason Shreve, we no longer have Tyler Clifford 2.0 on our team. <clears throat> we no longer have a pile of garbage on our team. And, um... Yeah, we no longer have trash on our team! Jesus, how many games is he gonna blow for us this year? Oi. Thanks for us. Blow my remote and my TV and be sick at the same time. I'm trying to be fucking slow. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.